welcome back to And Also with Kathy and Christine. For anyone who maybe didn't listen to last week's episode, we are still in Twilight, still in Forks, but we're doing Twilight Reimagined. Um, in 2016, Stephanie Meyer released Twilight, but with a gender swap, so um, so that the vampire is the girl and the human is the boy, because she argued that um, a lot of the criticisms that Bella received were because she was a girl and because, you know, People hate girls and, and women in general. And you know. No, no. <laughs> That's that wasn't it. She was making the case. I'm being reductive. I yes. Know. No, but even more than that, she didn't care that people hate women because she also hates women. Her point was that people were hating on her story because they said that the issue they had a problem with Bella always being the the damsel in distress. And she was making the point that the story is perfectly fine because it would work the other way around. She has yet to prove her point. We only read well, we read two chapters. We're doing chapter two today, and she has yet to prove her point. So, we're doing chapter two, which is called Open Book. Um, it's the same title as chapter two in Twilight, and there's more information about Bella and... Sorry, not Bella. About Bo and Edith. So, one thing that I, I realized that I didn't say that the last time in chapter one was that... Or at least I don't remember making this point. Is that a lot of the... When, when you see the gender swap uh, that she made... Because uh, she made them across the board, you see how just how many of the school staff were teachers, how many of the teachers were men, and how many of the admin staff, the supportive staff, were women. Um, and the answer is all of them. You know, it, it's it's interesting because there's this whole idea of teachers for children being women, and then teachers for older children in high school being male teachers. Yeah. Um, also, something that I remember that I didn't point out the last time, which I feel like was actually very important, is that when she was describing, when Bella was describing the Cullens in Twilight, she described Alice as thin to the extreme. Yep. And that's something that Bo didn't describe any of the people in, any of the Cullens or the Hills in um, Life and After, which is the, the name of this book. And is well, it Life and Death? Huh? what I say? Life and After? <laughs> Not Life and After. That's something different. Um, life and Death. Um, so I, I think he didn't, he didn't describe anyone in that way. Um, I don't know if it's just like a girl slash guy way of describing them, but if, if that is it, then that's another way that she's making a differentiation because Bo is a guy. Um, but she did say like that Alice was thin to the extreme. Um, and also she was like, uh, everyone, every girl in here's, uh, self-confidence takes a hit when Rosalie walks into a room. And Bo didn't say anything like that. So there's this kind of like comparison or competitiveness between girls that doesn't exist in Bo's storytelling, except for one part in this chapter that well, I felt. Yeah, but also he Bo talked like that about Royal. So if it's meant to be, but the person who... But did he say anything about like the confidence of, of the... No, no, no. But he did say kind of like, this is the guy that like runs the weight room he's the prom king he's like right, okay he really kind of was like this guy is the guy that has it all sort of thing yeah okay so the energy is very much the same towards royal but just not who is guy rosalie expressed in the same way yeah okay i find it interesting the way that she goes about with michaela which i think we talked about like how she was going to do michaela's like character um, so Michaela's girl, Mike, and it's I find it interesting because I find her to be quite forward for a girl from a small town. 
Mm-hmm. Unless, is it me? Like, I, or do I have, like, preconceived, like, notions about what a girl in a small town is supposed to be like? I just, I find that a little bit... How is she for? Just, like, constantly being the first one to start the conversations. I think she's friendly. Okay. I don't think it's forward. Because I don't think up until... Forward would be, like... Hey, you're new. None of these other bozos are interesting to me. Want to take me out? That okay, feels forward. Yeah. Okay. But like being being friendly and kind of being the first one to initiate conversation actually feels like something very much like a girl in a small town would do. Okay. All right. Um. So he says that he um he was worried about seeing Edith the next day because obviously she did the same thing that Edward did in Twilight. She like glared at him. Made him feel very uncomfortable, made, you know, because you want to eat him. And so um, he's he was saying while he was lying uh, awake in bed, he was imagining what he would say to her the next day. Um, he said, but I knew myself too well to think I would really have the guts to do it. Maybe if she hadn't been so abnormally beautiful. Um, and like the whole idea of her being, he, he makes this point so many times, like her being abnormally beautiful and intimidatingly beautiful, basically. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, something that comes out throughout the rest of the chapter. And there's another part later on that, it, that I find it kind of weird the way that he phrases it. And I feel like it's indicative of something like within him, which mm-hmm. we'll get to that part. But so, yeah, so he keeps calling her like abnormally beautiful. They go in. So he, he goes to school the next day when he got into the, to the cafeteria, he didn't see Edith and he was like, he, he didn't feel relieved. He felt more tense. So like he felt tense because he was going to see her. And then he felt more tense because he didn't see her. And this is very relatable because it's just the idea of something hanging over him like that. Like anxiety gang, you know? Because he, he was just like, it made it worse not just kind of like having it ripped off like a mandate. Yeah. Um. So he's kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it just, the longer that takes to happen, the worse the anxiety is going to be about yeah. what's going to happen. He says that he walked to, um, you know, he walked to biology. Like everything, he felt a little more confident because he knew where things were. Michaela, he says, who was starting to seem weirdly, I don't know, territorial about me walk by my side to class so in twilight bella makes this comment of taking on the character that mike was taking on the characteristics of a golden retriever mm-hmm. um he says territorial because obviously he's not going to call a girl a dog like stephanie's not going to do that yeah but what i find interesting is that she was kind of behaving in the same way that mike was and all, and and i feel like her saying he was taking on the characteristics of a golden retriever gives it less um something you would say like less teeth Mm-hmm. But calling a girl territorial is a little bit more, um, one, more clear about what's happening, but also it's a little bit more judgmental mm-hmm. than, oh, just a golden retriever. You know, who doesn't want a nice little golden retriever around, right? Yeah. And I feel like Mike was doing the same thing with Bella. Why didn't she say territorial in describing what Mike was doing? Right. Because Mike is that, a nice guy, to, yeah. Well, more even more than that, though, I think that territorial coming from a woman and territorial coming from a man. Head different. yeah. <laughs> When you hear that a man is being territorial, automatically you think controlling, you think abusive, you think not allowing her to see her family or friends or whoever their significant um, other is, um, not allowing them to to have anything outside of them. When you hear about a girl being territorial, and this is just kind of like how society is, it's not fair, but, but if she's in a relationship with a man, then she's just kind of probably like nagging him and like about going out and and seeing other people and being with his friends or playing video games all the time. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's kind of where that's coming from. Okay. And so then he he mentions that the attention that he's getting from Michaela actually makes him uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which is different. Bella didn't describe the attention from him, from Mike, as uncomfortable. She said she didn't know what to do with it because she wasn't used to it. Yeah. But he says that it makes him feel uncomfortable. And actually, he says, her attention made me feel a little uncomfortable. Why was that? Because she'd picked me instead of the other way around. And I feel like that sentence there, that question and answer, that's Stephanie Meyer talking. That doesn't feel like Bo talking. That feels like Stephanie saying, and why should he feel uncomfortable? Is it because he didn't choose her? I was like, <laughs> I just wrote, boys are becoming self-aware now. <laughs> I feel like that was Stephanie talking. Yeah, I don't... T- to me, at least. I was just like, mm. Because the thing is, like, he's like, th- th- that point of being like, is it because I she picked me? And it's like, Stephanie, in your forward, you tried to make this point. <laughs> yeah. And you're being very heavy-handed about it right now, mm-hmm. I think. That being said, he says, like, he, you know, he's unsure about, like, how to feel about that because he hasn't had girls' attention in the way that he's been getting it here in Forks. Then he goes and he says, he says, okay, she's pretty, but, like, she's basically, basically he says she's no Edith. She's no Edith Cullen. But then he says something that I'm just like, mm, this bothers me, and I feel like it's cause for concern. He says, if I base my reaction to a girl's looks off of, off a of face like Edith's, I was doomed. That was fantasy, not reality. Now, that is some incel thinking. Because Edith isn't fantasy. Edith is a girl, a real girl, who goes to school with him. She's a real person. She is a vampire. He doesn't know that yet, so we're not even going to go there. She's a real girl who goes to school with him. The idea that he says she's so beautiful that her beauty is not real, therefore she is not real, she is fantasy. Why are you making the face? <laughs> Bella doesn't say that. I know Bella doesn't say that. I never said she did. So why are you making that face? Because I think he's saying, I can't base whether I like a girl based on the way that Edith looks because Edith's, Edith's beauty is so out there and ain't no other girl gonna look like that. So I can't base my attraction to another girl on how beautiful Edith Cullen is. Okay. Um. So then, so he, he goes into like the same thing that he, that Bella had with Charlie. Like she was the one who was gonna be cooking and like buying all the food and stuff. So he does that. I also, I, I, I feel like this might just be, did Bella do all the grocery shopping? Like did she do this whole thing with Thriftway and like mm-hmm. food? Yeah. And there's a few things that I went back and checked. And that he couldn't cook much besides fried eggs and bacon? Yep. That's all there? Mm-hmm. So for some reason, Charlie seems a lot more helpless in this reading. Yeah, I don't know. I do agree that it's weird for to say, to say that a man... But of course, I think it's also exaggeration. He can't do much more than, like, fried eggs and bacon. He can cook. Come on. Right, because, like, just, in 16 years... Come on. He, like, what's he going to do? Just, like, order out all the time? Go to the diner all the time? That's not... No. Um, but... The idea that Bo can cook because he's been tasked with cooking his entire life and he cooks better than Charlie. And he's like, um, so he, ha- he has kind of this thing where he's like, well, I'm not going to just eat whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to eat good food, food that I know I can make. So he, he describes like, you know, of course, Edith doesn't go to school. The same thing as Edward. She doesn't go to school for like that whole week. He goes into describing like, as he's passing by, um, the Collins and the Hales, he describes what he sees and he's, theirs is the, is the silver Volvo car. Okay, great. Silver what? Silver, 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 car. I was, it was, I was imitating, imitating the, the car. I'm sorry, the Volvo? Stop. Okay. Um, so he, he describes what he sees while they're standing <laughs> by the silver Volvo car. Um, and he sees the, the you know, uh, Edith's uh, adopted siblings. And so he describes seeing Royal. Why is he so bothered by Royal? He's very bothered by Royal. Yeah. But not just but not just that. I have a question about why Stephanie made Girl Emmett 
so I tall. I was almost... Okay, no, guys. Why does she make girl Emmett so tall? Because he says Royal has two inches on him. First of all, Bo is, tall, is a tall guy. He's like 6'3". So Royal is like 6'5", right? And he says he had two inches on me, but he was only half an inch taller than her. Why did she make girl Emmett so tall? I, yeah, I don't understand why. I don't get it either. I, I don't get Maybe it. Maybe because being big was such a big part of Emmett's thing or personality. But if that's the reason, I actually call BS on that because it says, though he was obviously pretty sure of himself, I was still kind of surprised he felt comfortable doing that. Not that she wasn't hot. She was super mega hot, but not approachable. Like, not even The Rock would dare to whistle at her, if you know what I mean. First of all, this reads like a 40-something-year-old woman writing a teenage boy. A hundred percent. There is no way a teenage boy is going to be like, you know, even The Rock wouldn't whistle at her. Are you, What? Do you think people walking around talking, like, measuring the, 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 like, the, <laughs> the hotness of... Of, of of men to talk to a woman by like whether Dwayne Johnson would would do it. Can you imagine he's like walking down the street, he sees a hot girl, he's like, Alright, would the rock smash her pass? Right. It's stupid. But also, why is Emmett why is girl Emmett unapproachable? It like it's weird to me that Emmett being Emmett is like a big teddy bear. A big teddy bear. Emmett is like super approachable, super down to earth, always a good time, and like he was the one person that was, like, constantly joking. And, like, him and Bella developed a relationship, not just in Twilight, but throughout, like, in the later books. But, like, why is the girl version of him unapproachable? It's weird that she wrote her that way. And her hotness was such a big part of it. Right. Emmett was hot, but it wasn't a big part of what he was like. He was intimidating and big. and Like, he belonged in college. Like, but I don't think that she called him unapproachable. No, she didn't. Um, He might have been opposing, but he was never at any point unapproachable. And then... Bo says, the blonde girl caught me looking, and the way her eyes narrowed made me turn straight ahead and punch the gas. So both the girls are unapproachable. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because if this is a direct gender swap, and this is just, all you did was change who was a boy and who was a girl in the original story, there's no reason for Emmett to be unapproachable. That's one. The personality shouldn't have changed. The personality should not have changed. Ja- Although, did Jasper, did Jasper grill the- because no. that was Jasper. That was Jasper. I don't think that Jasper grilled Bella. I think that Jasper would have been too, like, shy to right. do that. Like, Jasper, even, like, making eye contact with her would have been, like, a thing for Jasper. <laughs> I don't remember if, if Jasper grilled her. But even if he didn't, or rather, even if he did, and now the blonde girl's just doing the same thing that Jasper did, you put that together with the fact that she just said that Emmett was unapproachable. And for what? What was girl the purpose? Emmett. That girl Emmett was unapproachable. Eleanor, then what, what was, what's the reason? What was the reason, <laughs> Stephanie? I don't understand why both the girls here are unapproachable. And so, like, of course, the only girl who is going to be approachable is Edith. And even that's questionable. I do have questions about how she describes women relating to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something else that happens later on that I'm just like, mm, I have questions, obviously, like I just said. Okay, so now... He says about going home, uh, or rather, buying the food, he goes home. He organizes all the shelves, and then again, he says, I hoped Charlie wouldn't mind that he wasn't OCD about his kitchen the way I was. You mean neat. You mean organized. You mean maybe even particular. You don't mean OCD. Okay? And you could, and even still, and even if she wants to say OCD tendencies, that even, that is a stretch. It's, it's, It's pushing it. 
Yeah. Um, and then here, so after after he does the whole thing with OCD, he goes, I kind of have a sixth sense about my mom. I realized that I was striking, sorry, sticking the mar- uh, marinade cover steak into the fridge that I hadn't let her know I made it yesterday. She was probably freaking out. Did Bella say the same thing? The, about I don't the sixth so. sense? I don't think so. Like, I re- I, I'm just like, that's not realistic. Not the, not the sixth sense thing. The fact that he waited a whole however yes. many days to let her after know. After taking care of her for so long. After being like the entire time being like, oh my God, I can't stop thinking of my mom. Like, what is she doing right now? He didn't reach out to her the minute he got in. The minute he got in. Even like a phone call. That's the other thing. Is like, why y'all waiting to email each other? There's a landline. Like, I get that this is 2005 or whenever this is. There's a landline. You could just pick up the phone and be like, hey, I'm here. All good. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, because it's not like, like okay, fine. Maybe she didn't have a cell phone. Or maybe she did. But she definitely had a landline at her house mm-hmm. where you lived. Presumably, you know, the number for it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and so, it's just not realistic that he would have waited days to reach out to her. And also, the timing doesn't pan out. Because he says, I hadn't, I hadn't let her know I'd, I'd made it yesterday. But, but he's been there two days. You know what I mean? Because the, the day before, he was at school. Mm-hmm. And he arrived in Forks the day before school. Yep. Stephanie. Stephanie, you said that you rewrote some of this to make sure that you had your editing right. So I don't know what the truth is here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't remember you making this mistake. I would have I pointed it out. I don't remember you making this mistake the first time. Right. Anyway. So he says that he got, a, he got an email from her. The first was from yesterday while I was still in route. Like I said, it wasn't yesterday. But her emails to him are the exact same emails that she sends to Bella. She says, both are so on. If I haven't heard from you by, by 5.30 p.m. today, I'm calling Charlie. So he says, Mom, <laughs> calm down. I'm I'm writing right now. Don't do anything crazy. Bo. Now, Bella said, don't do anything rash. Really? Bella said, don't do anything rash. <laughs> and I remember because we were like, is it rash to call your dad when you haven't really reported back whether you're there or not? Yeah. Why did Bo change it to crazy? <laughs> Why did Bo say, don't do anything crazy? Mm-hmm. Mm. Bo? Bovert? A response? Now, everything else is the same. He writes the exact same message that, that Bella had written to, to, to Renee, saying, you know, I'm not going to check my, my email every five minutes, so just take a deep breath, relax. It's the same thing, but it hit different. I'm sorry. Like, I, like I'm like i not, not going to sit here and act like it don't. It hit different. But your daughter, who you, who you guys are like friends, for her to tell you, hey, relax, that's one thing. But for your son, who has, for the most part, for the, for the, for the better part of his life, been treating you like you were the child and he's the father... For him to tell you to relax and breathe, like, I don't know, it hit different. Not that she doesn't deserve it, because she's doing a lot. And, like, if you were really that concerned, then why don't you call, why don't you call Renee? A lot of this could be resolved by just picking up the phone. So then he goes, okay, his dad comes home, and um, Charlie takes the, the, the gun off. I don't know if we made this point before, but he says, like, he stopped. So when, when, when Bo was little, he used to take the bullets out of the gun when he got in the house. Um, mm-hmm. and now he doesn't do that. And so he goes, he's probably, he probably thinks I'm old enough to not shoot myself by accident and not depressed enough to shoot myself on purpose. And I think that she said the same thing for Bella in, in Twilight, but I don't know if we stopped to say like that, how callous that is a thing to say. I think we did. Yeah. Okay. If okay. I'm not mistaken, we did. Very callous thing to say. Um, now here we go, Stephanie. So she, she says, we ate in silence for a few minutes. It wasn't awkward. Both of us like quiet. In some ways we were good roommates. For Bella, she said, in some ways, we were well-suited for living together. What is the difference? Roommates are peers. That is the difference. 
So why does Bo get roommate, but Bella gets well-suited for living together? Because Bo's a man. Mm. We know the answer. Stephanie, no need to respond. <laughs> Stephanie's listening to our podcast like, those stupid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous for her to be like, oh, they make good roommates. It's because they're both men. And it's like, how do you not see these these changes that you're making and how it's affecting? Because she could have just as easily said we were, we were, we were well suited, suited well suited for living together. But she said roommates specifically because roommates are peers. They're, they don't, he's not living with his dad as a child living with his dad. He's living with his dad, his roommate. Now, he asks about the Cullen family and then Charlie does the exact same spiel as he did in Twilight. He's like, oh, these people, they're so judgmental. I've never had a problem with any of those kids. Unlike the kids of the people who live in this town for so long, they need to stop being judgmental. Okay, great, wonderful. And he's like, you know, they're all very good looking. And Charlie goes, you should see the doctor, Charlie said laughing. It's a good thing she's happily married. A lot of the hospital staff have a hard time concentrating on their work with her around. What did he say in Twilight, Christine? The nurses. A lot of the nurses have a hard time concentrating because women can't be around an attractive man without, you know, fumbling over themselves. He doesn't say nurses here. He says a lot of the hospital staff. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Is this on us? (gasps) This is on us. We read nurses and we thought women... No, 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 no. Okay, okay, tell me how it's not on us. It's not because she, in Twilight, in Twilight, there are no gay characters in Twilight. Yeah. None. This is the point that we made. Yeah. Okay? So, we can safely assume, Mm -hmm. I think, that when she says nurses, she's talking about women. Mm Okay. Okay. And if she met nurses as, and if it was on us, then she wouldn't have changed nurses in this story. She would have kept the house. Um, she would have kept the nurses in this story because men can be nurses too. Right. But in this story, it's hospital staff. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about admin staff. We're talking about security guards. We're talking about manly things. <laughs> okay. It's not on me. Yo, for a second, I was like, wait a minute. Is this on me? Am, am I the problem? It was me all along? No. It wasn't. You almost caught me, though. <laughs> um. So, back to this. Stephanie, why couldn't it just be nurses? Why couldn't the nurses be also flustered by Dr. Cullen? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, girl. Do you. Um... He mentions OCD again. I was, I, all I put was, is he actually diagnosed? Like, does he have a diagnosis? Because he does great. Right. I'm going to tweet at Stephanie Meyer. Hey, uh, just a quick question. In 2016's Life and Death, <laughs> was Bo actually diagnosed with OCD? Asking for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, and the reason why I don't think that he has diagnosis is because he... He only ever brings up OCD behavior. He only ever brings up the routine and not the obsessive thought that leads to the routine. So when you're only talking about OCD in action, you're not talking about OCD internally, then it's not going to be OCD. You just have a certain thing that you like to do in a certain way. Right. right? So he doesn't talk about obsessive compulsive ideas. He talks about the routine, not necessarily even the compulsion. And so aside from that, he only ever brings it up when he's talking about cleaning. Yeah. And it's like, girl, get a DSM-5. A six. 
this was 2005. It was probably just five, right? Three. It wasn't even. It was probably like two. <laughs> two. Get a DSM, circle, whatever you're, you're writing this thing. <laughs> like, come on. And so then he goes to school the next day. There's the, the whole thing with the snow. Um, he also hates the snow because he's enlightened. Okay. Um, <laughs> he hates the snow and everyone's like, oh my gosh, there's snow. They're fighting. Great. Wonderful. This whole thing of Michaela being organizing a snow fight. Do you... Uh, I don't want I don't want to over, you know, state whatever I'm thinking. What do you think? Is 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 that believable? I feel like Michaela or I feel like it's it might be believable that Michaela as the popular girl is organizing everyone into a snow fight. But I but I I also think that Michaela cannot and and okay, let me she could. But I don't buy that Michaela is both the like suave and cool cool girl. And is organizing snow fights, snowball fights. Like, I feel like she's probably, at this point, she's reading a lot more like a kind of class clown type of person. Yes. And, like, that's dope because girls can be class clowns too. And in that way, I can believe her organizing the snowball fight. Okay. But I, as, like, the <laughs> kind of, like, vibe that she started with, I don't buy that person organizing a snowball fight. So... And, like, people are complex and can have multiple layers, so maybe that's true. Maybe she can do both. But And then she also she also describes how Michaela got hit in the back of the head, and then she turns around and it's Erica, supposedly. I don't buy that. Yeah. I do not buy that. Erica is, he calls her chess club Erica. Erica is not even the same friend group, which is an interesting thing here, because Eric was a part of their friend group. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong with Erica that she's not a part of the friend group? Yeah. We know. She's not attractive. Mm-hmm. In any case, I don't believe that Erica would throw a, a, a snowball at, at, at Michaela because she opens herself up to a lot. And if people who are going to want to defend Michaela are going to throw snowballs at her when she could just mind her business. I also feel like if it, if they had turned around and it was a guy, I, that's believable. Because if Michaela is that like chill girl who starts snowball fights, then then the guys would feel comfortable with her to hit her with a snowball. Like that's... Mm-hmm. I I don't I wouldn't find that hard to believe, but I find the whole Erica did it kind of hard. To I don't buy that. Yeah. And then he's like, Jeremy thought it was hilarious, and he and but something in my face stopped him from throwing a snowball at me, and I'm like, sounds fake, but okay. So now he goes into the cafeteria, and he sees Edith, and he loses his entire appetite, and so he says that he's basically not feeling well, and Michaela's like, Are you okay? Um, how are you feeling? And so he says that he might just like leave like he might just bounce and not go to class now he says ridiculous i shouldn't have to run away he says why was i being such a coward was it so bad to be glared at it wasn't like she was actually going to stab a knife in me first of all why he said it like that but aside from that bella didn't have that bella didn't go why am i being a coward about this mm-hmm. is being stared at so bad why because as a boat as a bow. As a, as a boy, Bo is supposed to be stronger. He's supposed to be more courageous. And it shouldn't bother him that he's being stared at. Listen, if she look at him kind of spicy, then he he is he's in his right to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And she was looking at him spicy. And not a good spicy. No. So like that whole idea of like, why should I why should I run? Why should I be a coward? Come off it. He he's not that guy. Okay? So he goes to class. Okay. Oh no, he they're they're in the lunchroom and he's like, or the the, the cafeteria and he's like, uh, Jeremy's like, either Cullen is staring at you. He's like, well, stop looking at her. <laughs> so that whole thing happens the same way that it happened in Twilight. So he goes to class. Uh, of course, Edith is there, 
And so she's like, hello. She starts talking to him. And he, it's the same thing. He has the same reaction. Like, he finds her voice very musical, the same way that Bella found Edward's voice musical. Um, except that he keeps referring to her long eyes. I Yeah, I think what he might mean is, like, long eyelashes. Yeah, he should say that. <laughs> I don't think it... Because, like, long eyes doesn't make any kind of sense. Not just, like, it doesn't make any kind of sense. But, like, but there's nothing to, like... That, there isn't even a reference point to kind of, like, say this is the intended meaning of that phrase. Um, other than, like, long eyelashes, which is what I would expect. Particularly if we're talking about, like, a beautiful girl. Like, those are, like... That right. includes the beauty. that Long eyelashes are included in, like, the beauty standards for women so okay we'll accept that for now um because i i just can't imagine what other what other meaning could have but yeah. he, he but he references her long eyes a lot so they have the same conversation she's like i'm edith cullen you're Bo swan and he's being awkward he's like how do you know my name the same way bella was and she's like oh i think everyone knows your name and then he's like no i mean i meant why did you call me Bo?" and she's like did you prefer do you prefer Beaufort?" the same conversation right but he goes, absolutely not, but I think Charlie, I mean, my dad, must call me that behind my back. That's what everyone here seems to know me as. Does Does Charlie give you calling him Beaufort vibes? No. No, he doesn't. So, stop lying. And so she goes, oh. Also, it's such a non-point. Yeah. Why are you insisting on pursuing this line of conversation? And she's like, oh. And then she drops it because he as made it should. weird. <laughs> the, they have to do the, the, the lab. And so she's like, ladies first partner. She asks him. She's smiling. She has a dimple. She's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and he goes. I'm sure. Go ahead. So he says, I saw her eyes flash to the splashes blooming across my cheeks. Why couldn't my blood just stay in my veins where it belonged? And I, I mean, I didn't major in biology, but like, there's capillaries on your face, right? That that have blood in it. Mm-hmm. Bo, what are you talking about? You in biology right now? <laughs> Learn something. Anyway, she says it's prophase, right? And then she goes to switch to the next slide. She goes, or did you want to check? Which Edward didn't ask Bella if she wanted to check. Right, but so th- here's the thing. When he says, unless you want to check it, he said, no, uh, no, I'm good. He doesn't, so he starts with Bella. Bella starts first, because mm-hmm. he goes ladies first. She looks at it, and then he goes, do you mind if I, and she goes, go ahead. So he didn't ask, do you mind if I, so she said, do you want to check? And he said, no, I'm good. Now, I find, what I find interesting is here, what is why didn't he insist, like, yeah, actually, I want to see for myself. Yeah. I think it's because he's not threatened by being overlooked by a man. He does. He doesn't have to. He doesn't feel threatened of, of being overlooked by Edith. So by a man. Right. I just mean in Bella's case, she oh, insisted yeah, yeah. because otherwise she's gonna be overlooked right. by Edward. In his in this case, he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't, he doesn't have, have anything to prove. Exactly. He doesn't worry about being overlooked. So he's like, oh no, I'm good. And it's just like a weird, not weird, but like I think that changed the dynamic was definitely intentional and it's based on the fact that Bo was a boy yes now she goes through this whole thing where he's watching her as she's doing this he goes she moved the next slide into place while I took advantage of her diverted attention to stare so close up you'd think I'd be able to to see something a hint of a pimple a straight eyebrow hair a pore something wrong with her but there was nothing my guy a straight eyebrow hair that's what you count as something wrong with her like (laughs) This whole thing, his obsession with her perfection is, like, kind of unsettling because it's, like, she's not, she's obviously not perfect. But just the idea that she has nothing. Her skin is perfect. Bella, Bella was obsessed with his beauty. He's obsessed with her perfection. And I feel like there's a distinction there. He's giving me, he's giving, um, what's his name from American Psycho? 
Jason oh, Patrick, Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Jason Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Isn't Jason Bateman? Is Jason Bateman an actor? Am I? I, I think that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Patrick Bateman. He's giving me Patrick Bateman vibes. Yeah, he is. And he's he's obsessed with her perfection though. But he's like, she doesn't have nothing, nothing, not, not not a pore, nothing out of place. And he considers it wrong, like any kind of blemish. He would say nothing wrong with her. I don't think that Bella said anything like that, but she was like, oh my gosh, he's so stunning. She calls his face dazzling. But she doesn't go into this whole thing of like, well, there's nothing wrong with him. And so as they're doing their lab, don't Mrs. Banner go, Miss Cullen. Yes, Mrs. Banner, Edith slid the microscope toward me as she spoke. Perhaps you should let Mr. Swan have an opportunity to learn. Of course, Mrs. Banner. This didn't happen in Twilight. Mm -mm. This is what I was talking about, the interactions between women. Why did Ms. Ba- Mrs. Banner feel the need to call Edith out in front of the entire class? Entire class. She called it from the front. Entire class that she was hogging the microscope. You know what I mean? Like it feels catty to me. Mm-hmm. Does that feel catty to you, or is it just me? Yeah, no, I think it was. It was weird. It, it was, was weird. Yeah, and it didn't happen with right. with Mr. Banner. With Mr. Banner, something did happen later on, but he asked them in private. He came to their desk, and he was like, "Did you? Did you did come you on? Did you? Did, did, don't mm-hmm. you think she should have tried?" Yeah. That's not the vibe here. Don't you think that Mr. Swan should learn something? You're his teacher. Shouldn't he be learning something from you? I don't like it. Now, he touched her. She touched. Uh, she touched his Did hand. Did that happen in Twilight? Yes. Okay. Because we talked about it being a fanfic trope. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there was this low voltage electric shock. Ooh. Now, because his fingers are too big, he almost drops a slide from the table. One fell on the table and the other over the edge, but Edith caught it before it could hit the ground. Do you know what that reminded me of? What? <laughs> Do you remember there was an episode of Buffy that they were at like this restaurant and a glass of water was gonna fall and Angel caught it like, <laughs> like right before it fell and hit the ground? No. That's what that reminded me of. I don't remember that. But it also, this feels like it's moving very fast. It feels rushed, which mm-hmm. to me means that there's stuff later on that she's gonna cut. Mm-hmm. It's the only way that, that... That's true. So, makes me wonder, what's the stuff that she's gonna cut? What's the stuff, Stephanie? Is it gonna be the stuff that's like integral to the story but only works because Bella's a girl I wonder hmm well if it is we're gonna make a note of it Stephanie mark that mark, mark that and so then he goes he goes oh sorry he was mortified she says well the last is no mystery regardless she said her tone was right on the edge of laughter butt of the joke again you're not the butt of the joke she's flirting with you my guy this guy doesn't even she's flirting with you she's not making fun of you and so then he goes, um, he's like, oh, did you get contact? She's like, no. So Mrs. Banner comes over to the table. She goes, so Edith, Mrs. Banner began. This is more cattiness. Bo identified half of the slides. Edith said before Mrs. Banner could finish. <laughs> now here's the thing. There's two things here. Did she know what she was going to ask her because she could read her mind? Or did she know that Mrs. Banner was going to be on one when she came over due to what she had previously done? It's because she, she could read her mind. I know. But I want to also say that she knew Mrs. Banner was going to be on one. And so then he goes, he talks about, like, so she asked him, like, oh, it's a shame about the snow. He's like, not really. And he's like, I was still trying to shake the stupid feeling of suspicion, and I couldn't concentrate on putting up a socially acceptable front. And how is hating the snow not socially acceptable? Like, what is it about that that makes you think you're so quirky? It's snow! Yeah. But I think, it, I, I think, I mean, for sure, you're not special because you hate snow. But I also feel like, <laughs> just looking around at everyone else's reaction, yeah, kind of like... I guess that's a thing here. <laughs> okay. But also, you're not special because you hate snow. And it's totally socially acceptable to hate snow. Absolutely. We do it all the time. Um, so then she's like, so then why did you move here? 
um, because he says he hates the cold and he hates the wet, just like Bella. And he's like, my mother got remarried. She's like, that doesn't sound so complex. When did that happen? He goes, last September, I couldn't keep the sadness out of my voice. But I don't think that Bella was sad when she said that. Did she say when they got married, though? I don't remember. I, I don't remember them ever having a time frame from when they got married. But I also don't feel like, yeah, Bella wasn't sad when she said that. Like, I was like, why are you sad? Like, that's not. Oh, well, because she has someone else to need now. And it's just weird. And so she's like, so then he goes and he explains like his mother uh, stayed with him. So she wasn't able to travel with Phil. And then she was like, so your mother um, sent you here so that she could travel with him. And he says, it says my hunched shoulders straightened automatically. No, she didn't. I said myself. Now, Bella has the same, not exactly the same reaction. Bella says she did not send me. I said myself. Bella's reaction was she did not send me. I did this. You know, ain't, ain't nobody running me. I, I made my own decision. Bo felt a little more protective of Renee. I don't know if that, if, if I'm reading into that. It felt to me just because he was like, he was like hunched over, you know, just talking. And he's like, hold on a second. The way he straightened out, like, mm. Yeah. You're not feeling so crazy about my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Only I, I mean, get to do that. I didn't read it that way, but I think you, I think, I think there's room to read it that way. I read it as him being like, ain't nobody, ain't nobody running me. That's, I read the same way. But I think there's room for it to be like him being uh, protective of her. Is this in Twilight? What? Where he goes, but she says, but now you're unhappy. And he goes, and? And she goes, that doesn't seem fair. And he's like, haven't you heard life isn't fair? Yeah. And she says, I believe I have heard that somewhere else before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he goes, so that's it. And then she goes, but there, what wasn't in Twilight, he goes, she said, but I'd be willing, you put on a good show, I'd be willing to bet that you're suffering more than you let anyone see. He goes, I shrugged, I repeat, and? First of all, that's mad rude. That's rude. That is hella rude, bro. Second of all, it's different than how Edward did it because Edward said the same thing to her. He's like, I'm willing to bet you're, you're suffering more than you're letting on. And she just ignores him. And he goes, I'm right, aren't I? And he's smug and he's, <laughs> because he, he thinks he knows. I want to just say, Edith is far more charming than Edward. Mm-hmm. In this first meeting, Edith is way more charming than Edward was. Because Edward had this smug, like, you know, papichulo thing going on. Nobody, nobody's into it. Okay. I think Bella was. Bella was, okay, but I'm not into it. Like, Edith was trying to have an actual regular conversation with him, trying to actually be polite and friendly. She was also trying to get to know what's going on in his head, but that's that's just because of the nature of what she is, and then Edward was doing the same thing. And so he says to her, she says, I don't understand, I don't entirely understand you, that's all. He goes, why would you want to? I mean, that's valid, though. It, it is valid. That's valid. And then she's like, that's a very good question. But then she says, um, and so he goes, because she seems a little bit frustrated. He goes, I'm sorry, did I, am I annoying you? She says, no, if anything, I'm annoyed with myself. And he says, why? She goes, reading people, it usually comes very easily to me, but I can't, I guess I don't know quite what to make of you. Is that funny? Um, and I think, I, I find the way she phrased that weird. Like, can't she just say, is that weird? Like, it's not funny. Yeah. But I think that what what she said there actually she said it very straightforward. Edward didn't do that. Edward was playing games like I'm trying to I understand need, you. I need to, I need know. to understand. Ahaha. Tell me what you think. No, she was very straightforward. She's like, I actually am very good at doing this, and I can't get a read on you, which is a real is a real thing that people can do and say. And he goes more unexpected. My mom always calls me her open book. According to her, you can read all but my th- you can all but read my thoughts printed across my forehead. And I will. Again, just say that, just like I said last time, if you are an open book and your mom could read all of your emotions, then she flat out did not care about all the ways that she was harming you. 
and she's trash. Correct. There is no love lost between us and Renee. None. And she just stared at him and just kind of smiled and was like, I suppose I've gotten overconfident. And he's like, I'm sorry. And then she just laughed and then that's it. And I think that she she was way more charming. Like I said, she was way more charming than Edward because Edward's just looking at her like frustrated. He's like angry eyes at her because he can't understand her. And she's like, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Exactly. So now um, Michaela's like, oh, that was awful. They all look the same. You're lucky that you and Edith, you had Edith for a partner. And Bella was bothered when Mike said that to her in Twilight. As she should have been. As she should. Because he's like, oh, you're lucky you had Cullen. She goes, I didn't have any trouble with it. But it was, but then she goes, then she says, I felt bad about the snub or something like that. And we're like, no, girl, you should have you told him more. But he goes, but she's like, I did it before anyway. And here, he doesn't have that reaction. He goes, yeah, she seemed to know her way around an onion root. He doesn't have a bothered reaction that Bella had. But it's like you said, because he didn't feel uncomfortable the way that Bella felt uncomfortable with being kind of overshadowed and, mm-hmm. and overlooked. So then she was like, and then Michaela's like, oh, she was kind of, she was friendly enough today. He was like, yeah, I wonder what was up with her last week. Like, she was really weird or whatever. And um, then they leave. They go to the gym. He's apparently terrible at everything, the same way that Bella was. Um, and so Michaela and him play in gym together. Um, and so he sees, as he's leaving the parking lot, he sees um, Edith, the same way that Bella has seen Edward. And, like, Edward distracted Bella. <laughs> And she, like, almost crashed, and he thought it was funny. And the same thing happened. Like, he almost crashed, and Edith thought it was funny. Um, Trash. <laughs> guys, come on. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's it for Chapter 2. Next week, we do the car crash. Yay. Yay. Let's see how she's going to do this. Because up until now. I don't buy it even a little bit. I don't buy it at all. Okay. Let's see how she's going to do this. Um, Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>